Let's get ready to jerk the curtain! Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. See you later, Mr. Sacco. What it is is what it is. Rest in peace. Is the best there was or the best there ever will be. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Jerk the Curtain podcast, a rush of madness and mania. This is your host with the most, TJ Bowser, and joining me as always is my tag team partner, the Mid-South Maniac, Corey Kaufman. Is what it is. And joining us today also is Dale Silva. Hey, how's it going? (laughs) (laughs) The the most unenthusiastic motherfucker to ever be on this motherfucker. So, (laughs) what a new... uh, Corey, why did you do this week? Oh, dude, I did everything. Um, I worked mm-hmm. and I did the dad thing. Oh. I did a lot. <laughs> no, man, it was a good week uh, today. You know, just prepping for the 4th of July, man. Um, yeah. got, got some family coming down to visit. So I did yard work all day today. That was fun, I guess. Um, but other than that, man, it was uh, today outside. Our yard work is pretty interesting. Just got a lot of a lot of wheels in motion and um, in terms of projects and then uh me and Dale, man, trying to square away and get some stuff rolling for the fall with Cabin 13. Uh, your Gore and Moore sponsor, Cabin 13. So, Dale, I'd ask you, but you're fucking sad. So I'm going to go on to talk about what I what I did this week. Uh, oh, please do. <laughs> I'm, cry- I'm crying right now. Uh, Corey, you, Corey, do you have the sound bite for Dale? Well, am I supposed to play it every time? Yeah, maybe. No, just. Here. Just keep talking and I'll, I'll figure okay. it out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I started buying stuff for a new display that I'm working on uh, with Corey's guidance and a little bit from a certain director. We are doing some cool shit behind the scenes here. Uh, but that's for you, Gore, more listeners and less about your jerk the curtain jerk offs. Uh, but yeah. yeah, so our match today. But before that. Corey, did you have something to tell Dale? Fuck you, Dale! Fuck you! (laughs) (laughs) As always. Just in case you weren't aware. This week's match is Ric Flair versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Match date of June 3rd, 2002 on WWE Monday Night Raw. And it was a personal assistance, no punches thrown match. So, Corey Kaufman, tell them what it's about. All right. So this was uh, pretty recently after um, what Ric Flair acquired half of the WWF from Vince McMahon without him knowing. But um, it was really interesting because Ric Flair went from uh, pretty much a face after joining WWF or EWW, whatever, um, (laughs) to uh, turning heel and kind of uh, controlling what Austin did on his Raw show. So, um, backstory there is, you know, Austin being who he is, Rick kind of, uh, starts suspending him from <laughs> shows and that was kind of the storyline there. And so eventually they had kind of a, a match to kind of, you know, settle some scores and stuff and whoever, you know, lost ended up becoming the other one's assistant. 
But yeah, the whole the whole fact that this was a no punches thrown match, uh, considering they both um, are kind of known for their punches or whatnot, especially Austin being kind of a brawler situation. Um, that's what all ended up to it. So uh, it was really nice, you know, to see these two kind of go at it. Almost obviously past Ric Flair's prime, but man, that this match is is going to be a good one to talk to because I really have always enjoyed this match. So Dale, have you watched this particular match? Uh, I vaguely remember it. It was around a time that I really wasn't big into into uh, WWE, so it was kind. It kind of falls in the cracks. Dale, actually, how old were you in two thousand two? I'm curious. Uh, like 34? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Dale, you old living. fuck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, Dale. <laughs> you can say that again. Uh, <laughs> discussion and topics. Was the entrances hype? Absolutely. Of course. Yeah. Uh, Ric Flair comes in with that big build up, you know. He comes out. Woo! 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 <laughs> you know, sorry, had a flare up. Uh <laughs> And then, you know, uh, he gets to the ring and takes off his little fucking gay ass robe. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> fucking glass breaks. Fucking the Texas rattlesnake comes through the fucking curtain. Kicking ass, taking names. Got that fucking vest on. Just looking fucking diesel ass. Fuck. Coming down to the, the ring. Wix logo maker. <laughs> <laughs> That was intense, bro. <laughs> that was holy shit. Did you blow a Did you blow a vein in your eyeball? <laughs> well, I mean, he he had a point. Though. I mean, Stone Cold's entrance was always cool because when the glass shatters, it didn't matter at which point he was a heel or a face. But it's just like once you heard, you know, you know, the crowd just goes nuts. <laughs> just like whatever. Always. So so until uh, you heard the disturbed theme. Yeah, I don't, we don't talk about that. Yeah, the disturbed theme? No, no. Um, that was that ruthless aggression CD or whatever. I was not a big fan. I mean, it was okay. They, they were trying to get all, but it, you can't you can't get past a good old. You just can't get past. It. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Did the match have good flow? For <laughs> for what it was. For those two guys, it had an extremely good flow. I was—I forgot how surprised I was rewatching it because I know at the time Ric Flair was like mid fifties, <laughs> which it's like—it's just weird saying that two thousand two was what? Wait, what? Sixteen years ago? A fucking long time ago. That's crazy. <laughs> Dale's like Dale's like, what am I like seventy years old? You know? <laughs> you Dale, fuck you. You know, so <laughs> it's just like. No, but um, no, flow wise, I thought it was really great. Those two men really played off each other well. It was really good. Fuck yeah. Uh, Is it weird that the two uh, the two guys who interfered in the match are dead? <laughs> we're not there yet. <laughs> we're, we're not, not there, there yet, yet, you fuck. God <laughs> damn it, Dale. Fuck you, Dale. You blew it. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I noticed not- that I had to say it. It's all right. We didn't give Dale an itinerary of how we work this show. We're just like, he was on the toilet and like, Hey, you want to get on the show? And he's like, yeah, sure. So, 
<laughs> I was sitting there dozing off on the couch and I get a call. I'm like, what the fuck? What did yeah. I do now? <laughs> <laughs> was the match believable? Okay, see, I'm going to have a problem with that because it was the fucking uh. Texas Rattlesnake versus Grandpa. Uh <laughs> 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 I, I get I get that, but I think you know, being like a true wrestling fan, you were kind of like so in awe of of it that you could actually put that aside. But I agree, if you came into this with not rose colored glasses on, you'd be like, okay. <laughs> but then again, it was believable in the sense that Stone Cold couldn't use half of his typical like haymakers, <laughs> so. It, it was believable in the sense of, you know, hey, since you can't throw punches, eh, I get it. You know, don't punch the old man, whatever. <laughs> what do you think, Dale? I mean, are you into punching old dudes? I don't know what you kids are into. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what we all do on the East Coast? <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. Well, I mean, I live closer to Boston than you two. Oh, guys, yeah. So you I probably mean, yeah. fucking throw shit at old people, you know, run them over with your cars. You oh, know, no, you're like, yo, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you better believe it, Ken. You know, every time I talk to Dale, I I, I feel like they should just, uh, I don't know. Dale, do you purposely not use your accent when you talk to me? Surprisingly, I actually don't have much of a Boston accent. Is that a lie too, Dale? <laughs> no, that's not a lie at all. <laughs> Uh, sorry, just, we just, got the I'm results saying, back like, from Maury, and we have determined that that was a lie. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, no, no but uh, hear, hear me out. Hear me out. Like every time I talk to Dale, I feel like feel like if I talk to him, it you know I should be hearing like something in the background, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Dale. When you talk to Dale, this is what should be playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to the ring, jail, motherfucking silver. <laughs> yeah, kid, get me a beer. <laughs> I can just picture Dale like in a leather jacket with a small little, you know, black leather cap on, like he's getting ready to break. You know, it's jaw. safe to say you're uh, giving me way too much credit. Leather jacket, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> No, you keep, keep talking. Boys don't have any money. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like every time Dale talks now, I'm just going to play this. <laughs> Dale, do you have anything to say? <laughs> like, all these Sorry, guys in this video look, look like Dale Silver. <laughs> 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 yeah, so they're a bunch of hideous chuds. <laughs> So, uh, what awesome. was your favorite moment of the match? Uh, mine would have to be uh, when Austin flipped him off. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's about all he could do without getting uh, yeah. <laughs> knocked out of the match. I don't know, man. Uh, so, so him flipping him off was your favorite part. Oh, I fucked up. thought that was just typical Austin. <laughs> that like, says something. Yeah. <laughs> I think my favorite was every time Ric Flair would throw a quick punch in there and the referee would be like, did you throw a punch, Rick? Did you throw a punch? And he would sh like me and Dale were just talking about how like his hair was so flowy in that match <laughs> and dried out that when he would shake his head, it was like a giant blonde afro, you know? And so it was every time that the ref would ask Ric Flair if he did something, the ref's like, 
Ric Flair just shakes his head uncontrollably. No, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, no, no. What yeah. was your favorite part of the match, Corey Kaufman? That part. Oh, okay. Shittiest moment. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, wasn't the shitty? Oh, we're going about the shittiest moment now. Yeah, now we are. Uh, definitely. Well, and I know we're going to allude to it, but probably the pointless interference. Yeah, very, very true. It it, still- it was so pointless and. You know, they wouldn't even like interference is like when you actually come to the ring. Like they just came halfway to the ring. They're like, I'm going to point at the ring. And the ref's like, no, you're not. And that's about <laughs> it. <laughs> a finisher count of one in the Three. match and what? Two out, outside? Well, after. I thought it was. I would say there was three total during the whole match. Yeah, I would say two. There was a stunner in the middle. And that's when the interference was. Then you had a figure four leg lock that got reversed and then a stunner to end the match. Boom. And then so there was a stunner he, afterwards, he, too, because, remember, he well, got back. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Outside of the match. Yes, sir. Uh, was there any blood? <laughs> no. <laughs> even, though, even though Rick was probably on blood thinners, no, there was no blood. <laughs> uh, was there any match interference? Yes, by the infamous Chris Benoit and the legendary... Latino Latino heat. I miss those guys. Now, were they still the radicals at that point or was that kind of branched out by then? I can't remember. Oh, come on. Do you remember who was all included in that group? No. Uh, Latino. Okay, wait, Latino heat. Um, So you had – the Radicals, what was that? Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, and Perry Saturn. Wow. Oh, yeah, winning team. Perry Saturn's not doing too good from what I've seen. Well, he probably lost Moppy or whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my mop? <laughs> but, man, I don't know. It's like I miss – like it was funny because like the, with our last episode, we actually talked about Eddie Guerrero. And so – uh yeah, I miss that a lot. No. <laughs> Sorry, it's just every time we talk about him, I think we should just, you know. Was the crowd fired up for the match? Yeah, they were. Of course they were. Yes, they were really fucking, they were really in on it too. Uh, was the match outcome fair? <laughs> you guys can discuss. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't know what you expected. I mean, I don't. I think at some point, most of these wrestlers over fifty aren't expected to win unless they're against another fifty-plus-year-old opponent. So, it was expected, yes. Surprising, no. So, but that's okay because I think as a fan, it was just a. You kind of actually wanted it to go that way. I can't really imagine it going the other way, and Stone Cold being someone's assistant. So, even Stone Cold being a heel at the time, I still want beat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What are we going to give a match rating of it? Uh, Corey, uh, I want to say a three and a quarter. And Dale, this is out of five because we're going to ask you to. So uh, we'll let Dale. We'll let Dale go last. Um, So you said three and a quarter. Yeah. Three three and a quarter. God. Solid. Solid four. What did you say? Plus four. Okay. I didn't say shit. Okay, what do you well, think it should be? I'd say a two. Fuck you, Dale! Fuck you! <laughs> Divided by I three. I could have given it a five. That, that's that. a solid 3.0 for uh, 
God damn. Match rating of Stone Cold <laughs> versus Ric Flair. You're better than that. <laughs> well, seeing as how Steve carried the match, I mean. I don't Rick know, man. By Rick, the first five minutes. You no, know, I agree. But man, Rick, you know, he still sold all his shit. Other than him being able to like do better do a better flop when he got stunned. I thought it was still pretty good. Ric Flair would sell getting into bed. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's because, you know, he's the high flying, wheeling, dealing, all that jazz. Six hundred dollar lizard shoes. <laughs> <laughs> it's that Ric Flair drip, bro. <laughs> God. <laughs> so speaking of lizard shoes and promos, we got that retro weekly throwback for you. And we got a doozy picked by your very own Mid-South Maniac. Roll that oh, yeah! sexy clip, motherfucker! The fourth prestigious King of the Ring, Stone Cold Steve Austin, an incredible victory. The first thing I want to be done is to get that piece of crap out of my ring. Don't just get him out of the ring, get him out of the WWF. Because I proved, son, without a shadow of a doubt, you ain't got what it takes anymore. You sit there and you thump your Bible and you say your prayers and it didn't get you anywhere. Talk about your Psalms, talk about John 316. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Oh yeah. And a legend was born. Yeah. As the king of the ring, I'm serving notice to every one of the WWF superstars. I don't give a damn what they are. They're all on the list, and that's Stone Cold's list, and I'm fixing to start running through all of them. As far as this championship match is considered, son, I don't give a damn if it's Davey Boy Smith or Shawn Michaels. Steve Austin's time has come. And when I get the shot, you're looking at the next WWF champion. And that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. Fucking Obviously right. anything but humble. The fourth prestigious king of the ring, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Wow. I like what it a lot. fucking moment. I miss Doc Hendricks. Oh my. So incredible. Ah! What? <laughs> Why are you oh, sweaty? Man. And that's the bottom line, Gaston Gosexto. That's right. So, what do you all think about this? I, I don't even. I don't think I've ever watched the King of the Ring from that year. Have you watched that, Corey? Yes, I did. Ninety-six. Yeah, and it was weird because it was. It wasn't too bad. It was a little bit slow for me, but man, I mean. You know, you're getting into the was the semifinals and the because they they run semifinals matches in King of the Ring, and I think this was the third or fourth year that they had done King of the Ring at this point, and uh, so they um, they did the semifinal match. I think he Stone Cold won against Mark Marrow of all people, uh, which wasn't hard, <laughs> but uh, he beat Mark <laughs> Marrow and then went to the finals. But man, they slated it for him. I think that was it was such a golden opportunity to make him into what he became. So. No, I, I remember watching most of it, but that that part takes the cake because it 
when you think about 96 key in the ring, that's about it. I mean, that's that is the most standout part of it. So, yeah. Oh, you didn't like Hunt Triple H versus Aldo Montoya? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just glad you can pronounce it because every time I ask TJ to pronounce a, a wrestling name, he's like, I don't know. <laughs> so, he's like, a Montoya is that a, is that a race car driver? Um, <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. But no, I mean, TJ, what, I mean, what did you, did you, other than that match, do you remember any of that? Did you ever watch any of that? No, I haven't got the chance to yet. That's all right. We won't put it against you. You're like, what, 18 or something. So you're, yeah. you're young. Fuck so. you, Kaufman. <laughs> Fuck you. I, I work with a guy. Look, okay. No, no, it's not fuck me. It's. Fuck you, Gail. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> you know, even if you want to blame me, that's exactly what it is. So, um, <laughs> It's I'm I'm sorry. I'm working with like a guy that's 18 and a guy that's 50 on a radio show right now. So I don't know what the fuck, fuck you. I'm pretty sure no one in Scotland will understand this. Okay, at this point. So, but uh, or they stop paying attention to you. Well, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's great. Thank you for that, old man. So, uh, <laughs> fuck you, Gail. Fuck you. So, <laughs> I don't know, man. I I was yeah. I know. I was really excited about it just because. <clears throat> All I know is that before this show, before 96 King of the Ring, I mean, remember a year before this, Austin was in ECW. So uh, my thought with that is like, <laughs> that's when he got to, to really shine because he didn't do shit in WCW. I no. mean, that whole stunning. And he faced Ric Flair before in WCW. Whenever he right. had a tag team match, it was Steve Austin and Vader versus Arn Anderson and Ric Flair. And nobody remembers. <laughs> so it's just nope. like, but that was the thing. I mean, he was so underutilized. And I think in WCW, he was also at one time. What was, was that when he was part of the Hollywood Blondesdale or when was that? Uh, yeah, that I, him and that him and Pillman. Yeah, yeah. Him and Pillman. And that, that fizzled out. And then, but when he went to ECW, they let him just do whatever the fuck he wanted. And his promos bashing all the st- heavy stars at the time, like Hulk Hogan and stuff, man, he just, that's when that's when Stone Cold was born, but they didn't know how to utilize them outside of a uh, promo thing. And uh, but Paul Heyman's the one who let him kind of do that. But then when he came to the WWF, which I thought was cool that they didn't bleep that out when you were playing that clip. So thank you for finding a non-edited clip. Um, yeah. I mean, you know that whole gimmick with uh, the stunning Steve Austin and the Million Dollar Man and. <laughs> God, dude, I was just, I don't know, that that half-ass, balding, flowing, blonde hair look. It just, it was too much uh, going on. So I, this match, man, just, it made the cake. But it was funny because I was, I don't know if you guys remember, other than that, I mean, I think, uh, I'm trying to think. But before this match, I think he had lost it previously as like to Savio Vega at like WrestleMania 12 or something. <laughs> <laughs> in a Caribbean in a Caribbean strap match. Yeah, he did. Um, <laughs> and uh, but then the whole DiBiase thing, you know, and it just and then DiBiase jumped ship to WCW, and that's when he joined the NWO thing. But yeah. Austin, they let Austin kind of decide what he wanted to do at, because they didn't. They're like, here's some gimmicks, and he's like, these gimmicks are terrible. <laughs> and and at one point, uh, one I think one of the guys were able to look at his uh, ECW stuff and go, okay, well do that and he's like that's what i want to do and it's just it's just cool that that's one of those few instances that a wrestler was able to uh do the gimmick they wanted to which 
I find that odd because I think WWE currently is, is doing the whole, uh, history repeats itself where they're kind of holding back all their natural based characters that have these yeah. really good gimmicks in their mind. And it's like, let them explore it. Cause that, that right there 20 years ago tells you that the payoff's always going to be there. If you let someone be themselves. So uh, unless it's Matt Hardy. Uh, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know. That's, that's my two cents. I just thought it was amazing because it, you know, Everyone, and I'm not the only one. Everyone's like, oh, it's the most iconic. That's the, the birth of Austin 316. But uh, he was he, here's the weird part. And I'm sorry to talk so much, but uh, it's what I'm known for, apparently. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> but in the semifinals match against Marrow, it, uh, Steve Austin during the, the Jake the Snake match was already like uber pissed and he was hurting because he had to have 16 stitches in his mouth Ooh. after losing to Marrow. So if you look, it's not his mustache that makes him look like he has kind of a cleft, cleft lip situation. Yeah. It's it's because he has 16 stitches in his mouth where he got busted open real bad. And uh, then he had to wrestle like I think an hour later um, against uh, Jake the Snake, which – but yeah. But I think the scar suits him. Oh, well, it, it, it all worked out. It, it was perfect. <laughs> so uh, recent news – what was – we did a little live react show earlier. What was all the final results from the most recent Fighter Fest? Do we have all the results from that in? All of them? Uh, let's see. Well, they went out of order compared to what they were supposed to. Um, but, yeah, we can go over all the results even though we caught on to it towards the tail end, uh, if you will, of that whole match. But I think that was probably the best part, you know. But – um. I mean, what do you want to know? Uh, <laughs> do you want me to go through them all or? Yeah, just go through the results. Was there a lot of matches? Uh, there was uh, a few. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, let's see here. Uh, Best Friends defeated Private Party via pinfall and the SCU, <laughs> um, which the winners of the match got a shot at, for all out uh, the first round of the tag team championship. So that's all going to lead up to the tag team championship tournament or oh, okay. that's the qualifiers. Um, so that was that match. Um, Al, Al, Ally defeated Leva Bates via pinfall. Uh, I don't know about that match. <laughs> Very much to talk about there. Uh, and yeah, okay, Michael Nakazawa uh, defeated Alex Jabaley via pinfall in a hardcore match, which we missed. But uh, from what I'm hearing, it didn't. You know, like it. Most of these matches weren't great uh, in the beginning. But I mean, it sucks because we didn't get to really watch them and, and say exactly what they were. Um, Kima defeated Christopher Daniels uh, the next match. Uh, Raiho defeated Nyla Rose and Yuka Sakazaka. Sakazaki. <laughs> Merk that name. I know. But it was cool because in that match, uh, the 619 was used a couple times by Yuka. Uh, you know, so females using those wrestling moves. That's cool. Um, let's see. Hangman Page versus MJF and Jimmy Havoc and Jungle Boy. Uh, I don't even know who won that. Um, 
<laughs> it, I think, uh, you know, whoever is going to win this is going to help feud for the world title match uh, soon. Uh, Cody and Darby Allen ended in a limit time limit draw, which you don't even hear of anymore, you know, because rarely matches go over seven minutes. This went past or this went and hit the 20 mark. And so it ended in a draw. And I guess Cody was actually hurt a little bit. So uh, he went to the back for that. But when we caught up with it, it was Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers and the Laredo Kid, which is the Laredo Kid's first AEW appearance. Uh, him and Kenny Omega have kind of a adultered history, but this three on three match was where uh, me and TJ started watching. It was pretty damn cool. It was a little bit, I mean, uh, it's wrestling. Okay. I get it, but it was almost two staged, but it was still a fun watch. Yeah. TJ, uh, <laughs> I figure you can get an opinion on that since we actually started watching it on this. Well, we got like halfway through, the tag match, which was great, what we saw oh, of yeah. it. And then that final match was absolutely incredible. Uh, a performance by both of them that is unrivaled and unmatched. Uh, brutality, some hardcore stuff that we haven't seen in a very long time. And, and you're talking about Moxley and Janela? Yes. Yeah, that unsanctioned match is funny. Like uh, the announcer comes out and goes, okay, that concludes tonight's uh, show. But the lights are going to go out, and then they're going to turn back on, and then we're going to have another match that is unsanctioned. <laughs> it was like, okay. So it's kind of weird. But, yeah, the unsanctioned match, I mean, it was an ECW hardcore match, like, to the fullest. It was really fun to watch. And then for the fact that, oh, you know, uh, Mr. Omega came out and kind of almost, I wouldn't, I don't know, would you say it was a full heel turn, or was it just him yeah, just trying to capitalize on the whole? Okay. And he, he just beat the shit out of John. So... But it was cool because you had tables, ladders, and chairs, and barbed wire chairs, and barbed wire uh, wood panels, and tacks, like eight pounds of tacks. And uh, yeah, that was that was a nice, refreshing, bring you back to some good old wrestling days, hardcore stuff. So, Oh, yes. It was good. I hope they continue that sort of stuff. And we see that feud between Omega and Moxley grow into something that's a really cool storyline. And it's it has that potential and that possibility. And we'll see where AEW. And did you hear that crowd during that match? AEW, AEW, AEW. I heard lots of stuff. They said that. But what was the other thing they said a lot? Fuck, that's awesome. No. What they say when Moxley did stuff like you sick? Oh, you sick. Fuck. Yeah, I wanted you to say it. I like when you say it. Um, <laughs> you sick fuck! You yeah, sick see, fuck! <laughs> see, I, I think, Dale, Dale, you would have enjoyed this show. Like, I, I don't watch much recent stuff because it's hard. It's it's a... Yeah. Absolutely. It's like chewing on... It's like chewing on plastic, like trying to watch some of these shows. And... Uh, but this one was good. And technically, it was a house show. Yeah. So... Um, really? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's what was really weird. It was kind of a... Uh, a festival type show they, they're running a fan fest thing up there but it, okay. they made it free to watch and i think it was free at the event to go to it um so i know that was very uh welcomed by the fans that showed up and it was decent i mean you can already tell i mean this the show that's dropping off the map and they should just cancel at this point is impact that shit's so stupid um impact's non-existent in my mind yeah is growing but uh, and I don't know if you know, Dale, but me and TJ have been looking at the uh, – so wait, AEW signed with TNT, <laughs> and they will be on what night? What nights are they going to be on? I think Monday. 
No, it's not Monday yet. I think it's Wednesday. Oh, Wednesday. <laughs> it's Tuesday or Wednesday because WBE is on USA and they do They're the Monday Night Raw. SmackDown, I and, think. Well, SmackDown's moving to like Friday again. Yeah. But um, Fox is going to be pushing that because Fox just made another deal to compete with TNT and the Turner Network. But it's just funny how AEW is picking back up on the Turner train. But they're going to be like pretty some much other company. The other company? <laughs> like some other company in the past. You know what company I'm. We're the big boys playing WCW. Yeah. <laughs> this is the WCW reincarnated. So I, I, I think I think there's a lot of potential there. So I, I mean, think there's a lot of potential as long as they don't hire Vince Russo or Rick Bishop. No, all they can't. wrestlers well, are I know in they charge can't. of their I know own they can't hire Eric Bishop. Right. But that's the thing, too, that's interesting is Eric Bischoff and uh, uh, Paul Heyman have become the creative execs again for Raw and SmackDown. So I think there's going to be a lot of – but here's the thing with that. I think Eric Bischoff, they're going to give him creative control to take Roman Reigns and make him do a full heel turn. If they don't, they're Take that stupid they, fucking vest off and bring no, your Samoan to. heritage and fucking go. Well, I agree. I mean, they missed such a big opportunity over the last 10 years to push John Cena to be a heel. And that pissed me off because I was like, mm. I understand the, the gimmick got watered down, but all they had to do is all they had to do is look at Hulk Hogan. But, and, and that's the thing. History repeats itself and people like it and people were expecting it. And they're like, well, no, he's too tied into all the charities. I'm like, fuck, put someone else in the charities and turn Cena back. I don't even care if they do the thug one or just give him some all out because, man, he's a he's a good Mike. You know, my guy, and I think they could have made him a heel yeah. so like 10 years ago. But if they screw this up with Roman, because at this point, yeah, people are still on the petty train, you know, I, and I, yep. I sound like an asshole saying it. I want to say a petty train, no, but still I on believe the, it too. Are still on the train. Okay. He's, he battled the leukemia thing again and he's, and he's back at it. Well, guess what? All he needs to do is play it off and go, thank you. But you know what I do realize? I still remember when you guys hated me and when you guys were booing me. And you know what? That weighs on me more. He's that, that. It would be such an easy play, and if you need to have a heel that's that flips on everybody, and that's, I think Eric Bischoff would be the one to do it because Eric Bischoff's the one that did it with Hulk Hogan, and they didn't let him do it with John Cena, so let him do it with somebody. Because right now, all the heels that are out there, they've always they've already they've always been heels. You know, they've it's never you want that swap. I would think, but that's just me. Yeah. I find it ironic that uh, the two companies that Vince put out of business, he hired their two top guys to run his two big shows. Yeah. Well, because yeah. they were doing all the good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Vince invested $500,000 in ECW to uh, keep it running. I, well, and, and here's point. the thing, too, is like with that is um, if Vince is going to give this much – Authority to Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff, Vince needs to step the fuck back totally yeah, really from the does. creative side of things. I mean, I, I think he's trying too hard and he's too biased, but I mean, I, you know, who am I to say that? Cause you know, he's made this company the way it is, but you gotta, you gotta let, you know, Paul or, or, or sorry, I mean, I say Paul, but I mean, triple H, uh, kind of head the company and then yeah, let, let Bischoff and, and Paul Heyman kind of, Work the creative side out and don't hire all these stupid 15 to 20 creative people who don't know shit what they're doing. Like, I'm pretty sure the us three 
could write creative storylines for the next 20 years and it'd be fresh and new and cool. But whoever they keep hiring is just tunnel vision. So back off the mic a bit, Corey. You're you're doing some. I'm sorry. I'm getting real serious. So I had to get close. <laughs> He's using his big boy voice. My, I'm using my man voice. OK. <laughs> we'll go uh, with that one. <laughs> I want to see some uh, uh, impact wrestlers come over and I'll tell you exactly what impact wrestlers here right now. Uh <laughs> He must have done the research. I didn't do the research. I, I'll tell you just which ones, what they currently have. Uh, is EC3 over there or is he with WWE now? Uh, no, EC3, I think, is jumping ship to AEW. Okay. Or at least last time I heard. Uh, Johnny uh, Impact, I'd like him to go over. That's John, John Morrison, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see him over in AEW and do something similar to what he used to do. Uh Wow, the Impact Knockouts aren't what they used to be. They have barely any roster. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise. Now, EC3 is rumored. Tommy Dreamer is technically on the... <sighs> what? Yeah. He... <sighs> Retire. <laughs> no, just Johnny Impact I'd like to see go over. Maybe Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't know. EC3 is uh, is a running joke right now. I mean, they they haven't gave him. He's not even really been in a legitimate match. Yeah. Um. Recently in the WWE is that whole twenty four seven title shit. Yeah. Is that they've literally took all the, the the all of the wrestlers they don't know what the hell to do with. They're like, here, go chase after our truth, and uh, <laughs> that's it. That's all they're doing, man. It sucks because you're looking at like fifteen plus wrestlers who are running around on every show dressed up going to these shows and not accomplishing shit. And it's not even their fault, but creatives like, uh, yeah, go. It's like when creatives like, Hey, we're going to have about 37 battle Royals with like 20 guys who are just, you know, D listers or whatever. And it sucks. How many of them do you think they should be pushing? Not all of them, but I don't know. How many of them do you think deserve to be pushed? At least a third of them. But that's because, think about it, the guys who are being pushed right now are the same guys who've always been pushed. It's not like anything new. Um, True. But, you know. Yeah. Well, that's because the, write, the writers are too busy uh, trying to push Brock Lesnar. That's very true. Well, Brock and he Lesnar's just signed a multi-year deal last week. And they're wanting to keep him up. We're going to see him yeah. about five times. Oh, my God. I, well, I think they were afraid. I, you know what? If anybody, let him jump ship because he's became such a lame duck. Like He would not yeah. do anything in AEW because he can't have a storyline because he's not interesting enough just as a person. No, that's why they had Paul Heyman in his corner this whole time is because that's he's not true. a talker. And his, his mic skills suck. And his wrestling moves are, what, six of them? Or outside yeah. of a suplex, I don't, he doesn't do much. So, But... Absolutely. So uh, thank you guys for joining us on this episode. You guys have this episode to listen to and another one with some AEW live commentary featuring me and Corey. Uh, find all that on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes and dobackdiscussion.net, which is your source for pop culture and much more. 
Also, make sure to check out the Do Back Discussion podcast network with with great podcasts such as the Dream Warrior Review, Goran Moore, sponsored by Cabin 13, uh, Wicked Wednesdays, Hall of Heroes, Do Back Discussion. Did I miss anybody? No. That sounds about, sounds about right. I think I got everyone. I say rabbit hole. You just did. There rabbit you go. Hole, rabbit hole. Uh, <laughs> rabbit hole. Podcast. Rabbit hole. Yes. Also visit our tea public store for all of our sweet merch. There will be a new Gornmore design coming out very, very soon. Designed by Corey Kaufman himself. We will also and be selling very, uh, a limited edition pin of that design as soon. well. Soon. And then I'm pretty sure if I'm wrong, we you should be seeing some uh, some things getting out there on what some jerk the curtain merch. Yes, Jerkomania will be running wild, brother. <laughs> <laughs> now look real quick, Dale, and I don't care if this is on air or not. We we had to really tone down TJ on this because we said we can do Jerkomania, but it had to be running wild, not rubbing wild. So, yeah. That sounds like a better T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, right. Jerkomania is rubbing wild. <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. Oh, no. <laughs> Only when we run our sales. Okay. Uh, yes. <laughs> oh my. You know uh, what? You know what, Dale? Fuck yeah. you, Dale! Fuck you! <laughs> what a perfect a kid. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, uh, anything else you guys want to talk about before, Dale? We, before we head out? Why hasn't Braun Strowman won the WWE title? <laughs> I don't know. Because it won't fit around his waist, bro. That's true. Because I'm he's too busy. That. He's too busy giving people his hands. <laughs> that sounds like a legit reason. <laughs> I think it's too obvious, and I don't think they can come up with a legitimate storyline yet to say, okay, if you do win. Well, who the hell is going to beat you? John Cena. Yeah. Well, the only problem is like, with John Cena with his grown out hair looks like a really muscular Ernest. So it freaks me out. I can't see him. <laughs> when I see that picture not too long ago, I about died. I was like, that's, they need to do that. That's not even a question. Yeah. Like he's a very buff Ernest. Easily. We need this yeah. as a sculpt. Which part? John, the John Cena Ernest sculpt? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, no. That's going to be our first non-horror related thing. Oh, <laughs> dude, you're opening up the floodgates because, oh, Jesus. No, what he needs to make is action figures of static and feedback. <laughs> yeah, we just need you to get some of those Hasbro or LT, it was LJN figures. <laughs> yeah, make them have a beard and a mustache. <laughs> Yeah, but I need you to draw out a real, like, fictional characteristic caricature mustache on mine. (laughs) TJ needs giant glasses and a beard. Well, that's, hey, we're not worried about the box. This is, it's going to need its own shelf display for (laughs) both of us. So, but. Okay, guys. Well, thank you for joining us. Another episode of the Jerk the Curtain podcast. Join us next week for another exciting matchup. This is your host, CJ Bowser, signing off. This is the Mid-South Maniac signing off. Say bye, Dale. This is the Boston. This is the Boston uh, <laughs> accent signing off, kid. <laughs> Fuck you, Dale! Fuck you!